gentlemen, and welcome to episode 15 of WTF Anime, the show where we're going to go around the table and tell you each our specific fetish, and that will be our only character throughout the entire podcast. I am, of course, Joe, and as always, the Superman to my Batman, see, I got it in there early, Travis! <laughs> Excellent! Nobody else knows that joke, but it pleases me so much. And uh, for this evening, I'm going to go with water sports. <laughs> and... <laughs> oh, it's already off the rails. It's already off the rails. But the amazing thing is we've got a guest tonight again. And tonight, our guest is Aaron. Say hello, Aaron. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Um, I think I'm going to go with leather. Awesome. Interesting choice. Um, I, of course, have not gone yet, uh, so I guess I'll go with... Uh, hmm. What do I want to go with? Uh, ejaculation control. That works. All right. All right. <laughs> this is going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say that at the beginning of every episode, but this time it's actually caught on recording. I know, but... I've never been wrong so far. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, we are here to talk about anime. At least yeah. I think we are. Uh, kind of. As you... <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, and as usual, for our guest shows, uh, we had someone else come in and tell us what we were watching. So, Aaron, would you like to... Uh, take it away with what we watched and maybe a little bit about it sure thing um so today we watched beyond the boundary episode six shocking pink um beyond the boundary is kind of a supernatural um kind of action adventure show that uh sets around some high schoolers and they get into some you know good old-fashioned supernatural hijinks um this particular episode, uh, I will go ahead and spoil, is the only filler episode in the 12 um, stretch that this series ran. It ran, um, it started airing in October of 2012, and um, it kind of uh, has a special place in my heart because I actually saw this being advertised and like being passed around between my friends online. And I was like, I actually, um, just based off of the trailer, I was like, I need to see this. I really need to watch this. And as it started airing, my feelings about it kind of changed a little, but it still, <laughs> uh, has a, a special place in my heart because usually when it comes to anime, I just watch something once it's already over and I binge it all and then I'm done with it. But this one caught my attention enough to be something that I had to keep up with as it was airing. Oh, well, fair, fair enough. Um, now, is this the only uh, only episode that focuses almost exclusively on fetishes and showers? I have to ask. Um, okay, so jumping <laughs> right into that. Um, the rest of the series has sprinkling of uh, Akito and uh, Hiromi's, you know, uh, glasses and little sister fetish, respectively. But I think this is the biggest instance of them like just sitting around and being like hey you know what's great little si little sisters in cages and i, I think <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot of fetishism going on in yeah. this episode i literally uh asked joe via text uh before we started recording so uh that japanese title are we sure it translates to beyond the boundary and not showers and fetishes <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to hear that this is a filler episode, because I think I talked uh, with you, Aaron, about this. The only uh, thing I've ever seen, I've seen like a few bits, like I've seen some clips of animation and stuff. The only thing I really concrete know about this entire series is the bit at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of people, their only exposure to the series is the climax of this kind of lighthearted episode. And I think one of the reasons why I picked this one is because I wanted to ask you to, you know, besides what I've said about it, what do you think the rest of the series is about as far as like, you know, maybe like plot or um, just maybe like overall tone? Interesting. Well, I think 
<laughs> Shall we discuss the episode, then we can come back around, circle back around and answer the question? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that'd be the best thing. Uh, so, I think that makes the most sense, yeah. 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 So, Travis, would you like to take away uh, what happens before the uh, opening credit sequence? Before the opening credit sequence? Um, I do believe it is a shower scene. Yep. Shower scene number one. <laughs> number one. Oh, oh, okay. Are we doing a hashtag shower watch? I think I numbered as many of them as I could, like, stomach. <laughs> hey, hey, you did this. Th- by your hand, this is rot, Aaron, okay? I, I mean, I have a lot to say about this series in general, but mm-hmm. no. <laughs> so we have that whole thing and travis they are high school age i knew you wanted to ask but didn't want to sound creepy they are high school age they are high school age. they're always high school age they're never not high school age in anime well that's because japanese people spend a lot of time in school so that's the most relatable place for them to have Mm. a lot of their settings is for the protagonists to be in school as well Mm. also they're a little pedo-y uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. Yeah. There's that yeah. too. Honestly, the most um, the most memorable part about that opening shot is uh, the little creature doing the like kickball step and like that musical number dance on top of the the shower barrier. Everything else is <laughs> you could throw it out. Yeah, yeah. Pre- pretty much. I really want to know what that thing was. It, it almost, but not quite, looked like an echidna. But I I don't know. And do they identify it somewhere in the series as to what the hell it really is? All they do is they give it a name. Its name is Yakimo, and that is it. It is Mitsuki's familiar, but that is really the only, like, clarification you get to what it is. I think you can draw the conclusion that it is a Yomu, like a lot of the other monsters they encounter. Yeah, that's, like, having nothing... No idea what this series is about. I was just like, cool, that's like the toyetic uh, character that they'll throw in and maybe it'll do stuff. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right, so then we go into opening credits. Anybody got anything to say about the, the opening of this thing? Honestly, every couple of months, I remember that the opening credits song is a thing. And then I have to binge listen to it like a hundred times. It's probably one of my favorite anime openings, uh, as far as like song goes. Um, <laughs> the visuals do a really good job showcasing a lot of the characters, whether you guys realize that or not. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of a whole bunch of like spinning visuals and like somebody's using a power and somebody's using a power and it just kind of like sprints through a bunch of different like scene changes. Mm. The the thing I really liked about the opening is uh kind of Mirai's involvement in the opening kind of is the the kind of one thing that holds it together. Uh, yeah. and then you have like the you have some like the high school shenanigans like stuff, and then at some point it just splits and you see like all these powers and fight scenes. Uh I I, I thought that was a really interesting idea, and of course, like right at the end, uh you get uh uh, Mariah arrives at a train station and Aki like looks behind him. So the only thing I can assume is at some point there's a romance subplot. Um, again, that's just me having never seen this, but I have seen anime before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I will spoil it. You, you are not wrong. There is. Yeah. There's a little One bit of something between uh, Akito and uh, Mirai. And you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even think I took any notes with the opening sequence. It was it was okay, but it it didn't strike me. I'm I'm sorry. It just didn't register with me uh, as much as apparently it did <laughs> with you. Well, it was it's, like okay, this this is an opening. It's more of a I come back to the opening song more than I do the uh, the the visuals. I think the uh, musically the song kind of encapsulates some of the higher um, points in the series and also some of the bittersweet points that come on uh, here and there. Okay. I do think it was a very nice song. <laughs> Alright, so we get past our opening and where are we opening? It's a Who f- wants to take it? It's a flashback to one week prior 
Um, it zooms in to the literary club uh, classroom, and it's uh, Mitsuki kind of uh, looking Mirai up and down, and she's like, you know, you're kind of a petite damsel in glasses. I could see why you know, boring guys who can't express their feelings would fall for you, and I think that's a pretty accurate description of Akito. <laughs> um, and they're like, you know, you're poor because, you know, you're spending all of your money on bonsai, and she's like, I know I'm poor because I spend all my money on bonsai, but I just got my Spirit Warriors license back. That means I can fight Yomu, and I can start earning money again. Um, there's a little bit of the stupid Hiromi and, like, Akito kind of going back back about their respective fetishes, and I just kind of tune that out, like I usually do. Yep, yep. Oh, but, but no, let, let's not. <laughs> Come on, let's, let's drill on down. Alright, so, uh, Leather, um, ejaculation control. <laughs> let's drill down on this. <laughs> So um, one of these guys is real into glasses. Yeah, like, you guys. Oh my god, glasses. There's a scene later in the series where it goes to his apartment, and there are boxes of of several designer uh, pairs of glasses. There are, uh, you know, magazines for glasses appreciators in big air quotes, and uh, like. This is only kind of the the tip of the iceberg that he carries uh, an additional pair of glasses for Mirai when Mitsuki's like, hey, maybe you should take your glasses off. And Akito's like, no, glasses are like her thing and she needs to have them all the time. So I was going to make the point that I think glasses do look cute on people and I think his fetishes are the more respectable of the two. And then we find out that, like, what, he's got boxes and boxes of people's glasses. The the headcanon in my head is that he steals people glasses, people's glasses or kills them with his magic powers. And this is a weird stalker situation. Um. <laughs> it's a little less weird than that. Um, I would say he has... You're not wrong, it's just a little less weird. He has, he has means to... <laughs> legitimately acquire glasses without going full mm. like killing <laughs> glass bespectacled, bespectacled beauties for their glasses you're still coming off the high of the jojo's month in the last episode <laughs> i mean maybe just a little that should have been maybe my maybe just a little shit <laughs> oh, it's too late now you're locked in for life buddy yeah oh well ah uh, well yeah um so i guess we- we've mentioned glasses and the other one, and this... Uh, I just don't understand, you guys. I don't. The creepy, incestuous little sister fetish. Yeah. Ew. <laughs> the, so. Ew. This freaks me out. <laughs> what freaks me out even more is that there are... This is just one character in a show. There yes. are entire shows devoted to just this one premise. And... I was very curious why, so I did research. <laughs> my um, my uh, Google history is entirely wiped at the moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I just kind of looked it out because it's it's always been a thing that like occasionally these shows will pop up, or occasionally like these characters will pop up. But I was curious if there was any like cultural reasoning behind it. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, and from Basically, what I can tell is that um, the big brother-little sister relationship is um, the onus is a lot more on the big brother, at least in Japanese society, to almost play some kind of roles that parents would play in Western society, kind of like, you know, teaching right and wrongs and weird and like and stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to find the direct thing that I had written down. But uh, it's it's failing me. But essentially, the uh, the big brother and little sister are kind of more of a, a kind of a deeper relationship than perhaps it would be in Western society. That's not to say it's all sexual, but the older brother is more involved with the little sister's life and like kind of letting her grow up. And so, of course, people attach themselves to weird, forbidden love ideas, and we 
can essentially see what has happened. <laughs> and then jumping off of that, um, another popular anime trope is kind of whenever you have a, a main male character, sometimes he has like a childhood best friend. And mm. um, one thread I was reading was talking about, well, maybe it could just be lazy writing that instead of having like a childhood female best friend that's kind of always in his life why not have it just be his sister that's always kind of been in his life and like their close relationship kind of blossoming into something more not to say that it's like right or anything like that (laughs) but i also think it's interesting um like also the japanese birth rate's been declining over the years and i feel like a lot of families in Japan only have like one child. So maybe it could also be a little bit of like anime executives kind of living out some weird fantasy. Like they never had like an older sister, a little sister in their life and they don't quite know what that relationship is like. And they kind of take some of those ties a little too far. Maybe. And you know, I'm never one to kink shame. I really am not <clears throat> do what makes you happy. For the love of God. But not, there's boundaries. <laughs> yes, definitely. And and we are beyond the boundaries. Hey. hey. Oh, I did it. I did it. You won the podcast. <laughs> 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 the winner is you, Travis. It is. I figured out the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that's one interpretation of the title. There's a, There's another one that comes into the series a little bit later on. I'm sure, but I only I only have 23 minutes of animation to judge by right now. And that's <laughs> a perfectly reasonable conclusion, I think. The the only other thought I had on this scene is not really a thought, rather than just an observation. Is I watched the English dub, and um, uh, I get a butcher names because I don't have them committed to memory. Uh, Mitsuki. Um, I was just like, I recognize that voice. She spoke a bit more. Oh, that's Monica Real. Huh. Oh. Uh, can we talk about uh, the the voices used, the voice acting in the English dub? Because I also watched the English dub because you linked me the uh, the episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, they grated on my nerves. The the high pitched, rapid uh, female voices. It was rough. It was rough, you guys. I had trouble with that. If it makes you feel any better, the uh, the Japanese voice acting isn't too far off. Uh, both Mitsuki and Mirai have kind <laughs> of that higher female voice. In other episodes, there are other female voices that kind of balance the scale. But in this one, it's like they're so focused and you're hearing them all the time. <laughs> And I could see that. And it's not that I have trouble if somebody has a high-pitched voice. I immediately find you annoying. Not at all. It's that it's high-pitched, and everything they're saying, they're spitting out at, like, a machine gun staccato. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, combined with the high pitch, kind of grated on my ears. Personally, I did not enjoy the voice acting because of that. Yeah, that's fair. I I personally have stayed far away from the English dub as humanly possible. <laughs> I, I mean, thought it was fine. <laughs> my my personal opinion on all English dubs is that what we should do is just ghost stories things and just <laughs> the voice actors just write their own thing to the animation from now on because that's what I want. I only want to watch English dub where they make everything up and I it guess, makes no sense and it's amazing. I guess at some point I have to do introduce travis to the world of abridging mm, yeah yeah Yu-Gi-Oh abridged is pretty dang good yeah um i mean there are some series that i've really liked the english dub for like yuri on ice i would only watch in Aww. english because i it's it's so much easier to tell everybody apart when they have like a slightly goofy accent i i think that uh, joe's gonna fist fight you is <laughs> what's about to happen through the no, internet, I, he he will what? fist fight you. I, I love the Yuri dub. Oh, okay. I think you're just instigating violence because you don't want to be the only angry person on this podcast. <laughs> I I accept my role as the angry person on this podcast. <laughs> I am I am Scotch or and or bourbon fueled, depending on the episode, and whatever, I just deal with it through vice. <laughs> it's fine, guys. He's a bad guy, it's what he does. <laughs> That's right. I'm the heel of this podcast. Come at me. Yeah, your wrestling term. 
<laughs> I did a wrestling term for you, Joe. Yeah, we we should maybe talk about the rest of the show. <laughs> yep, yep, maybe. Uh, so, um, we kind of move from there and talking about money to what I assume is the person who kind of doles out the jobs for the Yomu. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's both like kind of the job handler, and she's also the appraiser. You don't really see her in that role this episode, but uh, usually hmm. when they finish a Yomu off, they get like some kind of like crystal, and they bring it back to her, and she's like, "This is worth X amount of yen." Right, right, and I think just okay. just for the benefit of um, <laughs> the audience who maybe haven't seen this, and maybe for Travis, I'm sure he's picked up on context clues. From my interpretation, the Yomu are kind of like. Uh, yokai? They're kind of just like Japanese style uh, monsters, maybe from myth or something, but just kind of a thing yeah, to it, fight that is worth money. I, I actually have that written down uh, because they, they call them Yomu, and I've never heard that term before, but I've heard the term yokai mm-hmm. uh, bandied about a lot, and I mean they're similar sounding-ish, yeah. but, and they also seem to be similar things, I just was it just a stylistic choice, I'm wondering, that they decided to brand them as something else? Well, I will say, like, uh, yokai are kind of very specific imagery where I think um, in this series, yomu are more abstract in some of their visuals, and so they can kind of get away with, you know, kind of doing their own things or kind of just being like, well, this is kind of a monstrous mummy shadow, like in episode two and things like that. So I guess maybe by divorcing itself from, like, the traditional yokai, they can have more freedom with it. Getting close but still kind of marking your own brand. Mm -hmm. I get it. So, um, translated literally, yomu mean catastrophic illusion in Japanese. Ooh. Oh. All right. <laughs> According to the Beyond the Boundary wiki. Very dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, Aya, you know, tells them, you know, if, if you're in the business of, like, looking for some cash, you know, there is this one Yomu conveniently located on your school. It's uh, three meters wide, and it would run you uh, 500,000 yen, which I did the conversion for, which is roughly... Uh, four grand, three point five grand pounds, four thousand ish euros, and I for the <laughs> for the one Australian listener, it's about five point hey. seven Australian dollars. <laughs> oh my god, that's the best! I can tell you actually listen. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's today, it's, mate. It's probably about like half a year's rent for Mirai, so it's it's a pretty mm. good amount of money. Yeah, yeah, especially from everything she knows about it, which is just, it's big, and it won't attack you if you don't attack it first. Yeah. And, and it's, a she, she, it's a fruit yeah, type. It's a fruit type. Which really doesn't mean much in the, the context of the show, it's just like, <laughs> general, you know, taxonomy of it. You're not it missing it. It kind of looks like a grape and a testicle like fused together with an eye on it. Yeah, it's like oh, a, it, a grape testicle beholder. Yeah, let, let's let's get to that where where we first see the first visual of this Yomu. And you're you're right. It's both a grape and a testicle and it's got some really funky disease, okay? Yeah. Uh, don't don't sleep with that thing. It's going to give you something. I don't know what, but something. I don't know. Fantasy gonorrhea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ca- catastrophic illusory gonorrhea. <laughs> Anime herps. <laughs> so um, Mirai gets to the top of the school, and she's like, "Okay, I'm a confident-ish uh, spirit warrior, and I'm just gonna go for a normal frontal attack." And she gets her uh, blood sword out, and she kind of. Uh, lifts it above her head and she goes in for a strike and fucking Akihito is like no wait stop and like ruins her cover and then the eye thing turns looks at the two of them and spews yellow fluid all over both of them I have it listed as stank jizz um, in my notes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean we're, if we're gonna roll with the testicle theme I mean <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to ask you guys, in, in a worst-case scenario, like, what does your worst smell smell like? Mmm. Like, when you when you saw this, like, stink fluid, like, what visual, like, scent did you have? 
I've been on enough buses. <laughs> one one time drunk on the street, I hugged a homeless gutter punk because it seemed like a good idea at the time because I was drunk. And I also relate to uh, uh, the punk rock folk. That That was my youth growing up. And... The smell that I remember on myself the next day still clinging to me <laughs> for dear life. Um, that, that is that smell. For me, it's any combination of rotting food. For some reason, like, anything spoiled is just, like, gets the most visceral reaction out of me. Okay, well, first of all, you need to hug a gutter punk. Okay, okay. <laughs> it's on your list now. Okay. Do that. <laughs> they need love too. <laughs> so we get a uh, shower scene number two, and it's yes, we do. Kind of because hashtag shower watch. Shower watch. <laughs> um. So they're like, hey, we washed up. Uh, let's give it another go. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I forget if it's at this point, Akita's like, hey, you need to like kind of distract it, or if she just kind of like goes in like brute force again. Uh, I think she just kind of goes, like, unstealthy. No, because... She she attempts a different angle, is is the whole shtick there. She's trying to come in from up above. Right, right, she does the aerial attack. Hmm. Yes. Because Akihito did stick around for the important piece of information, but, like, you can't let let it see you, so she goes for the aerial attack. And then, uh, what I did kind of, like... Is they change clothes, like they change into the PE clothes, but mm-hmm. the uh, the kind of uh, animation frames of them being washed away by, uh, as Travis so eloquently put it, stank jizz. Uh, it's the same kind of animation cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I, that was kind of a funny moment. For yeah, um, I am, if nothing else, a wordsmith. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next scene is them walking down the street, and they're. Uh, stink gym clothes and this actually I forgot about this little exchange of them walking home uh, when I was re-watching it because in the span of like three minutes there's a fart joke and like a flat boob joke and like back to back and I just like it, 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 caught, it, really is, yeah. it caught me off guard I was like did they really just make a fart joke <laughs> Sure did. And that is the first time I've ever seen that happen in an anime. Same. It's Or at least it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're, they're walking down the street, and in the foreground, there's two faceless figures. And the faceless figures kind of uh, say to each other, like, God, it stinks around here. And then uh, Mirai uh, puts her hand on her lips and kind of lets out a real quick and uh, goes, Senpai, you need to be more careful. And Akihito's mm-hmm. like, it's not me! And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, you need to be more careful. <laughs> um, and then it's revealed that like, while she was able, or although she was able to uh, change her clothes, she's, quote, not built like a man, so uh, <laughs> she couldn't quite change all of her undergarments like he can. So she's still wearing the same stank bra, is the implication. <laughs> Oh, Japan, and your <laughs> awkward relationship with women. And their boobs! Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> and then it goes into a, a bit that's actually reoccurring throughout the rest of the series, where uh, Mirai kind of, like, hunches down on her phone, and she complains on her blog, and it's kind of a running gag that, like, anything that bad happens to her that's not, like, actually bad, she uh, complains about it on her blog and apparently gets flamed for it, because everybody's like, God, you complain too much, shut the hell up. Uh, so you get like a little a little taste of that. So like someone told me I was flat, and then I I'm very sad. I I can see not following that blog just as a as a personal choice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then there's like a couple of uncomfortable shots of Mirai's like groin and chest as like they're talking about how flat she is, and mm-hmm. then they're back at uh, Aya's place. So, what is this whole photo thing about? Is this a sell my body to pay for my bonsai addiction, or like what? Okay, so this is a because uh... <laughs> uh, we haven't really mentioned that the interspersed throughout the episode is weird photo shoot with 
what I identified as the main character. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Mirai is, is, has the most protagonist hair out of everybody. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no. So, um, through certain events that happened earlier in the season, um, she gets her spirit warriors license revoked and has no source of income. So she's living by herself. She has no uh, money from her parents and she has no way to support herself. And she like tries a couple of different things. But, like, none of them end up working out. And so she ends up working as a model for Aya. And this is kind of, uh, I guess, uh, an already established bit that you don't quite uh, get that establishment because you're just jumping into this episode. But Mm. she's kind of like, you know, hey, you know, if we're having issues, you know, killing this Yomu, I got to earn some money. So I might as well take some quick pictures in my pajamas. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the vibe I got, and I don't know how frequently that <laughs> that is used in the anime, but um, I can feel at your some point that has to get kind of creepy, at least for me. <laughs> it oh, it I dies can, down. I, can, I, can yeah, I think this is kind of the climax for a lot of the creepy, and then after this, it's like a lot of fast moving plots that they don't really have time to do fan servicey kind of things. <laughs> they had ty- they just like had to put this one filler episode in just like this is everything we have we have to actually make up anime now <laughs> this this episode alone we can make eight different figures out of all the ota- otaku <laughs> are gonna buy our figures for this one episode it's gonna be wonderful we're gonna make back all of our money and then we'll be able to do the blu-rays look not for nothing but i kind of want aki like in the idol thing because that outfit's good. <laughs> yeah, I think I would buy the um the eye figure where she has like the little angel wings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um so Aya gives them more intel about the Yomu, you know. You have to distract it while somebody else defeats it. It's also a bit of a perv like most of the men on this show. And mm-hmm. um they're like, "Hey Mitsuki, you should get involved." And she's like, "Hell no." And they're like, "If you don't, we're going to s- uh hold our bags of stink juice soaked clothes in your face and she's like you guys i'm eating and my cute little animal's eating and they're like i don't care you're helping us and they like put the stink juice soaked co- uh, clothes in her face and that kind of like sort of wins her over <laughs> <laughs> i guess it wins her over i guess any normal piece person would just go I refuse. Walks away. But this this is an anime. Yeah, These are not normal people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's convenience that drives the plot along. So they they go for another attempt at the Yomu. Um, Mirai, I, I guess, is borrowing outfits from her modeling gig, and mm. she's uh, posing for the Yomu and kind of sexy. I don't know. They're kind of idle, kind of a little bit Lolita clothes. And the plan is that Mitsuki's familiar, Yakimo's, gonna, like, come up from behind and finish it off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, while it's running up, you get this, like, cute se- sequence of shots where it's, like, running at full speed and then running at half speed and then plopping down on the ground because every single shot of Yakimo up to this point, besides the shower scene, has been Yakimo eating. So he's too full and can't attack. And then... The stank beholder shoots special goo at Mitsuki and then sprays the rest of them in regular goo. <laughs> oh, this sounds so fetishy right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I'm I'm trying to specifically choose vocabulary to, to amp up the fetish factor. That that's it. <laughs> just 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 lean into the slide. Just just go with it. <laughs> um so I forget, is there a shower scene after this? I just know... I mean, it that sure is. That has yeah, yeah, there has... I think it's it's the first shower scene where it's... We may have missed a shower scene. Honest to God, we might have. Yeah, I think... I don't know. I think I only wrote down three total, but I'm sure there's like five at least. Mm. That sounds about right, because it closes with one. Correct, yeah. correct. Well, does it count if it's the same scene from the beginning? And it's, it doesn't have any of the visual, it's just the audio from the beginning, too. Uh, yeah, so the the special stink juice apparently is the worst smell ever, but uh, the person who was sprayed with it can't smell it, which, okay. <laughs> it's just so everyone else can vomit near her. 
They give her, yes. they give it like some kind of like plant anatomy reason, but I'm pretty sure they're misusing botanical terms. <laughs> and I'm just that would be a solid guess. Yeah. Well, it's it's the the little girl who is a yo yomu herself uh, talking about plant anatomy, and I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. You're like a kid, <laughs> but also a yomu. Um, but you get this, like, really cute scene, so everybody's back in the literary club, and they all have gas masks on, and even, like, the little familiar is just, it's too smelly. The little familiar has a tiny gas mask on. Apparently, uh, Mitsuki has texted her pervy older brother, and was like, hey, do you know anything about this? So he busts in, and, you know, she calls out to him, Oni-chan! And he's like, that's my fetish! But then pukes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's my fetish. <laughs> Just immediately and repeatedly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, and then I have written down, I is the deus ex machina for this episode, because anytime they're backed mm. into a corner, she just knows exactly how to get them out. She's like, well, yeah. maybe if you try this. And then Hiromi's like, yeah, you know, if you, try, if you guys uh, sing this song... Um, It'll distract the uh, grape testicle. Yeah, it'll distract the the grape testicle beholder Yomu, and you guys will be able to defeat it. So yes, the last warriors that defeated it also use this incredibly catchy pop song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes me wonder: in this world, like when you defeat a Yomu, does it just recycle? And being that it's a pop song. How quick is that? Uh, I mean, this seems like a revolving door Yomu policy. Yeah, um, in in this world, it's kind of just one of those things where, like, you're constantly fighting this conflict, but there's kind of really no resolution in sight. You're just kind of, like, fighting them off as they appear. Um, there's no real, like, okay, well, if we kill this one, then, like, everything will be better, because it, it's, it's similar to, um, the Puella Magi universe's witches, where I think in this universe, the Yomu are, like, born from human despair and negative emotions. So, as long as we continue to be people, there will be Yomu. But I also think it's funny, in, like, literally the next episode, the, the sister fetish character, um, has CDs that are supposed to be references to AKB48, which is a very popular J-pop uh, idol mm. group. So I, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if he's lying through his teeth about this yeah. being the officially recognized song, and he's just like, this is like my biggest fantasy for my little sister and other girl to to sing a dance to this idol song. Yeah, that's that's the way I took that. <laughs> this sounds accurate to me. Uh, having witnessed exactly 23 minutes of this, that feels accurate. In fact, I don't even know that character's name. I have him listed as incestuous hipster douche. Yeah, that's that's him in, in a nutshell. There has to be some incredible backstory about why he always wears a scarf. I'm assuming he has a scar. There is a reason. And he yeah. does have a scar. It's not on his neck, though. I'm I'm two for two in guessing things in this anime. I mean, it's it's not. Ex- <laughs> I'm it's, so good at watching anime, you guys. It's not exactly like groundbreaking reveals. Shush. <laughs> Let me wallow in my accomplishments. Damn it. Okay, just this once. <laughs> Trust me, it's not just this once. <laughs> so they go for another attempt. They they like they put their headphones into the boombox. And they're, they're listening to the song, and Mirai's like, uh, I don't like this, but whatever. And then the other, um, Mitsuki's like, you know, this is sick- sickeningly, or no, it's Mirai that says it's sickeningly sweet and kind of embarrassing. And then Mitsuki's like, I actually kind of like this. Um, so they give it a shot. So, uh, Mirai begins to sing, and as the music's queuing up, uh, Akito conveniently is like, hey, Hiromi, um, I forgot to tell you, Mirai can't sing, and like, literally a beat later, the, she begins to sing, and it's just like this horrible cacophony, and it's- Oh yeah, it, it's literally like week one of American Idol. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the- Ki- Kind of deal, or, or, uh, England Idol, is that a thing? I don't know. England's Got Talent, maybe? Sure. Yeah, yeah, round round one of that where they're going. That's, that's oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's like as soon as she starts like 
I think she gets like a phrase in and it's just like instant goo everywhere. And then it's another shower scene. That's got to be the name of a movie somewhere. Instant goo everywhere. Somewhere on the internet that exists as a thing. I already I already had to look up the Siscon fetish, so someone else can do that work. Uh, <laughs> nose goes, not it. I just show up drunk. That is what I do here. That you you get no more. You get no more from me. Following the yeah, following the kind of attempt at it, we get like this. I think it's like a scene in a park, and they're like, okay, this is definitely the best way we have to defeat this Yomu. It's time for a montage. Oh, but you you skipped the, like, the super melodrama in the showers. Because Mirai's like, I'm done, guys. I'm just, I'm so done being smelly. I hate this. I hate this Yomu. I don't need the money. I'll sell my body in my modeling career. I don't care. <laughs> and... Mitsuki's like, oh, hell no. Like, I've been marked by special stank. If we don't kill it, I'm going to be smelly forever. And then the the guys are like, yeah, don't despair. We, we can do it if we work together as a team. And it's just, like, so melodramatic. And I have a note written that Mirai is a magical girl, and she's about to give in to despair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the thing is, though, like, the back and forth between brother and sister in that scene... Again, feels weirdly overly sexual. Oh yeah, I, I, because that is forever what like he's sitting there, like water running down his face and his chest, like talking to her directly, and they're like staring deep into each other's eyes. And I'm like, this have oh yeah, I, mm, a lot of the visuals. I've met a lot of brothers and sisters, and this is never a thing. <laughs> A lot of the visuals and the dialogue are, like, ramped up to 15 out of 10. Just, like, it's as dramatic as they could make it for this, like, minute and a half. But but it's also just so brilliant. It's like you have this, like, super dramatic build-up and, like, the climax climax of it all is, you stink, I can't stand it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then it goes into the trading montage. Yeah. Yes, because... Montage. It, it's a it's a tried and true thing. You You've know, gotta have I, a montage. I can't, no, I can't knock a montage. I love a good montage. Um, you know, every time show a little improvement. That's called a montage. Absolutely. Oh, I think we skipped the scene where uh, they have the uh, Mitsuki like locked up in the sphere. Oh yeah, yeah. She, that's, she's like in a. I think we skipped sphere. it because nobody wants to talk about uh, any more fetishes. Well, is that not oh, right? That's uh, right. Ejaculation <laughs> control and leather. <laughs> just like, yeah, put glasses on her, and she's my perfect woman trapped in this like plastic sphere. We've got glasses and bondage, you guys. It's the best. I, I think that's why I had my note that I is the Deus Ex Machina of of this mm. episode because she's the one that's like conveniently like, hey, I have this uh, like I guess vinyl sphere that we could just like put Mitsuki in so her stink is contained and then the boys are like this is it guys it doesn't get better than girls locked up and being able like not being able to have any free will and they both like (laughs) they have a really uncomfortable exchange about like it doesn't get any better than this and I was like yes it does it involves you in prison though (laughs) I I mean come on Uh, once again never gonna kink shame but sane safe consensual folks sane safe consensual yeah Okay, now we get the montage. <laughs> um, so, like, montage. So they, they they do training, and there's I, I like the uh, the bit of art that they do for those like static shots. They're mm. they're they're kind of cool outside of the context of the series. Mm. No, that was actually one of my favorite bits. Is where they broke from original art style and they do the the montage bit. Yeah, yeah, the. Um, everything kind of has like kind of a sketchy uh, style shading to it, and it kind of looks like color pencil. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. That that was actually literally like my favorite part of the episode. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty tops like that part, and then the the final performance. The the yes best scene of the show. Yeah, no, it's it's <laughs> the highlight. Like the show peaks at this point. I will tell you. <laughs> 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 so so the four of them are lined up and they're like okay 
we've got this. We've been training for a week. We conveniently cut it all out for you guys, but like we've been training for a week. And they're all like, yeah, we can do this. And so the music cues and uh, Mirai starts singing and she's actually good. I don't know how they taught her to sing in a week. I've known people who have had voice lessons for months and couldn't sing, but okay. Yeah, uh, that's that's fine. Uh, cue J-pop number. Well, in, in the English version, it's like, it's kind of obvious exactly how they like taught her to sing because she's speaking English through the whole way, and then suddenly they just changed to a Japanese track. Like they also taught her Japanese in a week. Yeah. Did they? <laughs> oh, is, it, is it the verse or the chorus? Do you remember? All of it. Yeah, the whole thing is in Japanese. Okay. Okay. That's that's convenient. One hundred percent. That's that's convenient and good that they didn't try to recreate that song because it's it's kind of a good song. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they, they, they start singing and dancing, and, uh, the Yomu goes through, like, several colors of its eyes. One of the, the intel, or pieces of intel they got earlier in the episode was, uh, the more it likes you, the different colors, the eyes, eye of the beholder changes, and once it starts yeah. emitting pale, uh, pale light, that means it's completely defenseless. I literally have a note here about this ending montage slash musical number that says, That Grape Nut Got Swole. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, there's a shot where, like, it's changing colors and it's, like, uncomfortably veiny. And, like, yeah. It's uncomfortably <laughs> veiny and it's, like, link, uh, leaking... Um, like juice from its eye. It's, yeah, it's like, yeah. Just crying and staring and, yeah. Um, but they, they, they do, uh, the verse, the chorus, and then they go into the bridge, and then it's revealed that, uh, the Yomu girl that's been helping them out the whole episode, although she was like, I can't help you guys earlier in the episode, is their secret weapon, and she comes out, and she's wearing a similar costume to the rest of them, but hers is extra cute, complete with angel wings. Look, hey, I, I can't help you fight this thing, but if you want to give me an excuse to uh, dress like an idol, I will, of course, do it. I don't blame <laughs> her one bit. Nope. <laughs> um, so they go through the rest of the song. It's a huge hit. The Yomu uh, emits the fabled pale light, and then the music ends, and they're all, like, breathing heavy, and they're like... We did it. We did it. We... Except nobody fucking killed the thing. And then, and then it, it's revealed that none of them thought to set up a way to actually kill it. They were just mm -hmm. worried about perfecting the diversion that they didn't. It just it all uh, fell the, apart. The only flaw in our plan that we didn't actually find a way to do the thing that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I watched it, or when I uh, rewatched it uh, last week, I was like. So you guys didn't send, like, Yakimo out there and just do the same thing you did in that, like, third attempt? Like, <laughs> you could have been doing the song and dance, and the critter is pretty smart. I think you could teach it to attack on command, and the command being when the music cuts out. Yeah, but then you wouldn't have the goof. Yeah, and it's... And the, the shower scene at the beginning and... It made me hate it so bad. <laughs> yeah. That... You went so hard, you trained so hard, and you literally didn't plan for for the very final bit. And the other thing that drives you crazy is they make a point to be like, Mitsuki's covered in special stank goo. Mm. And they never address the fact that she's smelly for the rest of the series. It becomes a, con it becomes a continuity error. I assumed that would be the case. Yeah. This would just end like... Okay, this uh, everything's like back to normal, etc., etc. Like mm -hmm. yeah. still has money problems. Hopefully, those two, are, the two male characters, are less weird, and Mitsuki is not going to smell and make people throw up as soon as they get within nose shot of her. <laughs> nope. Instead, what we'll do is poorly write and forget about things. Yeah, and uh... and then you get the um the outro sequence, which is. Also really good. Not as good as the intro, in my opinion, but mm. I do really like the outro as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, I listed it as Japanese in sync. At first I was feeling a little bit of Japanese John Mayer, but then it, it flipped over to like a Japanese in sync kind of thing. <laughs> That's fair, I'll give it that. So, un unless I missed an after credit sequence, 
It's it pretty much the uh, the next time on for right, yeah. for the episode is essentially just like, hey guys, plot's gonna happen again. I hope you're ready for plot because there are no more fillers. Mm. Next time on showers and fetishes. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you get. So that was it. So um. Now that we've gotten all that under our belt, um, what do you guys think the rest of the series is about? And do you think that episode, or the the tone of this episode, is uh, indicative of what else goes on? I can't honestly answer that question. Uh, from from my point, it was real fetishy. It mm, it was problematic for me, and a couple of the fetishes are like. Once again, no kink shame, but <laughs> Jesus Christ, n- no, that's your sister. Stop, stop that right now. Stop it. And I don't. It it didn't show a lot about like an overarching plot. It it seems like a monster of the week kind of thing, which there are shows that do a monster of the week kind of thing, but have a running subplot that goes through. But I didn't get any subplot. Yeah, that I really saw. So I don't know. And just based on this episode, I didn't care for it. It was not my favorite thing. Not at all. It could be a lot better uh, with the previous five or the rest of it. But I don't think it was for me. Joe? Or should I say ejaculation control? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I'm running with that bit. I started it. It's not going to end. No. Okay, um, a lot of this is kind of based on context clues that I got from this one episode, and again, kind of having seen, like, Monster of the Week, Supernatural High School shows before, this is just my kind of guess as to what this kind of show is. I think the five prior episodes kind of introduce you to all the characters, and like Trevor said, it's a Monster of the Week sort of thing. I think this is the turning point where they kind of... I would direct this, assuming there's not a second season, is that there is some there is a reason that there are more Yomu conveniently, uh, in quotation marks, uh, around the characters. And I assume it has something to do with any one of the characters' parents, because there are no parents in this show. I think it's... Really... 100%. I agree with you. There's, there's not going to be a parent in this show. Period. I think it's interesting that everyone has superpowers, except Aki, but he's also kind of entangled in the plot, which to me suggests that he has either like a hidden ability, or he's like uh, I, and he's like a Yomu or part Yomu. That's actually a pretty, it's a pretty keen, uh, what's the word? That's that's pretty keen, yeah. Yeah. did if I make you haven't picked up, three? this is what Joe does. Did I make it through for three? <laughs> yeah, um, well, I, I will say the show is, um, has a lot of dark moments, and I think that's what drove me to the series, especially, um, months before watching this, or months before this aired, I had just seen, like, Puel Magi for the first time. Um, so, it, it, picks up and i i guess do you guys mind if i spoil some of the first episode for you guys uh we can we can let people know that if they uh if they were interested in this show after listening or if they watched along uh to this episode we'll put like a spoiler thing in but i am interested because it sounds like the main part of the main like story of the anime is not what we saw in this episode absolutely uh since uh, you know, since you're so keen on that, I am interested to find out what is actually the uh, the plot of this show. Pretty much, the anime opens with Mirai on the roof of the school, and Akito thinks she's trying to commit suicide, and he like runs up to the top of the school. He sees her. Um, he sees her from the ground. Uh, runs all the way up, and he's like, "You can't kill yourself." You're beautiful. I love the way your glasses compliment your face. Um, you know, oh, it's glasses. it's a uh, it's a shame for a bespectacled beauty like you to die. You know, uh, please reconsider. And she whips her blood sword out, does a backflip over the ca- uh, the chain link fence 
that's separating the ledge from like the general uh, area of the uh, the rooftop area, and she just straight up like stabs him through the chest, and that's like your opening sequence for the series, and then it cuts right to the OP, like right to the opening credits. Um, and then, so, like, the rest of the first episode is hijinks of her stabbing Akihito and being really incompetent at that and him not dying. Um, and so that's kind of, like, how they get tied in together. He is half Yomu, and he's, like, yeah. very, he's very public about that due to the fact that he is half Yomu. Um, he is not able to die. And as the series goes on, it's revealed that Mirai has certain secrets. And she's very withdrawn about the secrets. And um, as the series progresses, she kind of comes into her own as a uh, spirit warrior and kind of becomes comfortable with herself and her place in the world. And you get none of that in episode six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, th- That everything that you described sounded like a literal different anime yeah. than what I had watched. <laughs> and, and, and I w- was really on the fence about what episode to show you guys, because um, I was like, it's either going to be episode one, where you're going to get like a, like a fraction of the introductory buildup, or it's going to be this complete filler episode, which we'll have a lot of fun talking about, but it really has nothing to do with the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it was kind of a coin toss and I went with episode six. Well, hey, we've gone just over an hour. We've we've talked a lot about this episode. We have, actually, <laughs> we have. We've actually found out that, at least to me, this sounds like a show I would actually watch. So, well done, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Go you. I am not watching any more of this. <laughs> One of the things that they did that I thought um, was kind of interesting, and a lot of shows actually do, is they put out a movie version of the series mm. so it's kind of like all the highlights in like an hour and a half or two hours and you don't have to watch like the episodes individually and i have been really meaning to watch kind of the summary movie to see like what they cut out and maybe like tone down certain interactions um and then there's also a an ova that they did that's kind of an additional story after the uh, the ending I will say about the ending of this series, this is the first show I have ever completed and went straight to the internet and was like, what the hell just happened? Because I was <laughs> so confused. <laughs> and I... Oh, good. As, as you know, the Google and Reddit told me, a lot of people were confused. So I was uh, right there with them. It's an adapt... Uh, this is actually kind of a rare case because Beyond the Boundary is actually an adaptation off of a light novel instead of a, uh, a manga series. In looking for answers about the ending, I learned that a lot of people comparing uh, the anime to its source material. Fair enough. I have nothing to add about that. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I got... I got... I got nothing. Uh, showers and fetishes, you guys. <laughs> Do you want to talk about fetishes? I, I can talk more about that than I can this. Uh, not literally not my favorite thing. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, well, I have I have two questions to two different people. Okay, okay, Travis. Yes. Better or worse than Monster Masumo? Better. Okay, I'll take it. Uh, and I will tell you why it's better. It's there were a lot of almost, but not quite like. They half fan serviced this. There was like fan service, but there wasn't any of the weird panty shots and titty jiggle that titties don't do that kind of moments. <laughs> so I will give it that. Uh, and a question to Aaron. Um, I don't know how many times you've uh, rewatched this series, but was there anything new or interesting that you found on the rewatch uh, that you did for the show? Yes. Um, coming back to the series, it's been uh, at least two years since I had seen it in its uh, completion. There were a lot of things that I picked up early on that was like, oh, that ties into that episode and that reveal. And it was, it was a really interesting rewatch. Um, it reminded me of how problematic certain moments of the series are, but also, uh, I still love the, the emotional journey that Mirai goes through, and uh, that will keep me coming back to the series. Excellent. Uh, All right. And unless anyone has any closing thoughts, uh, maybe we can hit business? 
I think it's business time unless uh um Leather has anything to to comment. Um no, not really. Um unless you guys will let me plug Pokemon Rumble. No, yeah, no actually but, uh, well that's actually part of business. That'll be um registration will be ended by the time this goes up, but but still plug it to so so people can come check it out and listen. Okay. Well, it's it's not quite a podcast, but um for the Pokemon World Tour United universe, I run a series of tournaments uh, using the Pokemon Sun and Moon games. Um, we concluded our first tournament uh, like a month or so ago. Um, the first tournament we did was Little Cup style. So it's using uh, baby Pokemon at level 5, and you beat the mess out of each other. And I came out on top, and I actually won that, that round. Uh, we are in the process of setting up uh, Pokemon Rumble 2. So we are all running um, Pokemon teams that are um, have a certain type in common, and I am running that as well. Uh, it's my baby. Uh, I randomly sent that out into Twitter. I was like, hey, does anybody from Pokemon you know, World Tour United, is anybody interested in this? And a ton of people responded, and it kind of became a, like, you talk to this into the universe, you have to do it. <laughs> and uh it's it's kind of been my baby ever since. So that is at uh PWT Rumble on Twitter. And if even if you aren't um interested in participating, um it help uh any sort of retweets, likes that you can give us uh gets the word out. Um I'm pretty vocal and obnoxious about registration times. So if you're interested in playing, uh, all I need is a tweet that's like, hey, I'm interested, and I will put you on the list, and I'll get you involved. And that is uh, my official uh, presence on Twitter. Personally, I'm on Twitter at, at CrashingWaves14, and that is where you can find me uh, ranting about things like, why, do, why are people attracted to near automatas to be because i don't get it <laughs> i do not know what this is it's 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 a video game character this was me last night and i was just like i don't get i just don't get straight men and and i and i, and I went on for a little bit about it you know what if you want to talk it over i'm willing to do that i'm a straight dude it's fine <laughs> And and I'm a friend to all people, so if you want a view into my world, let's talk it out. Let's do that. (laughs) I mean, thanks to Travis, I now understand how boobs work. (laughs) I don't think that's how that works. I've met so many gay men that are obsessed with boobs. You might not be one of them, but I've met plenty of them. (laughs) What a great note to conduct the rest of our business on absolutely uh since we're doing this uh in 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 uh a weird order travis why don't you tell people where they can find you (laughs) oh you can find me water sports at (laughs) dice lobber (laughs) and if you would like to follow me personally where you can find all my tips about ejaculation control and which anime characters are the best at it because duh it's yuri I can see that. <laughs> you can follow me at the Joe Hadfield. And hey, if you have enjoyed the past hour of talk of fetishes and too many showers, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at WTF Anime Show. Uh, you'll get updates and stuff and retweets of random memes that I find. And if you'd like to email the show, uh, it's wtfanimeshow at gmail.com. Both of those things can be used if you would like to be a guest like Aaron was today. Uh, And with that, Aaron, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. No problem. Yeah, it was a good time. And you know what? You, You missed some bits here. We're still looking for feedback. Do you guys want shirts that feature awesome art by uh, Shannon Maynard? Because that's a thing that we can provide, but we need to know. We need to know that you want them. So hit us up. Please, let us know. There we go. And now that uh, Travis has done shilling, it's time for the only other thing he does in this podcast. Well, that's literally what we're supposed to do as a podcast, is shill. Stop that, Joe. Don't, don't, make me, don't make me the bad guy because we're doing the thing that we're supposed to do. Listen, you've already made yourself the bad guy by calling out Trigon on 
the podcast. Uh, that was oh, Shannon hates me so bad today. now. She hates me forever, <laughs> it, it, forever and ever. And and I misspoke. I literally corrected myself on Twitter. It's the art that I have a problem with, not the animation. I mean, I poked at the beehive too, so we're, we're both in the doghouse. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways, what Joe is wanting me to do right now is next time on WTF Anime. So as is customary with our guests, Aaron, you will be picking our next anime and episode uh, for us to review, and you won't be here for Travis to yell at you, so go ahead, do whatever you want. Okay, so my challenge to you guys is the show done by the very same studio as Beyond the Boundary. It is called Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Episode 1. Episode one. Okay, uh, we can do that. And you know what? Thank you for showing me that, or fuck you for showing me that. I don't know yet, but that's where we're at. I will say I, I started hate watching it, and now I am actually keeping up with it. So take that as you want. I have pretty much done the same thing. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what any of this is. Uh, fuck me. I don't understand <laughs> how I'm still watching this show, but I'm still watching the show and totally enjoying it. Right? If you if you told me I'd be keeping up with a Dragon Mado Yuri series, I wouldn't have believed you, but I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right. I think that concludes business and all the show stuff. So, hey guys, thanks for listening and bye. Bye. Goodbye from ejaculation control. And leather. And water sports. Welcome to us recording a podcast. It's usually about 20 minutes of us uh, bullshitting, um, and then eventually we might actually get to the show. That's fine. I just <laughs> hit record, so... Welcome to the party! <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'm gonna do a little countdown so I can sync up our um, our uh, tracks. Okay. So I'm gonna count down three, two, one, and then clap. Uh, and if you could countdown and clap as well that would be amazeballs okay and then i have to uh find my script because all of this is prepared in advance bullshit this is oh i've got like random notes that looks uh it kind of looks like the man starts of a manifesto (laughs) (laughs) i i managed to get five fates of five five pages of notes i wasn't expecting to go that long (laughs) five pages i did that on a half page (laughs) <laughs> it's not even in order it's just random parts of the page <laughs> <laughs> okay does that, does everyone have their drinks ready i do <laughs> absolutely excellent now we can start <laughs>